Hello angels, my name is Heaven. I am a Reiki master and a teacher, a truth seeker and a light worker, and I am here to share my voice in all things spiritual, witchy, and crystals. Join along on this beautiful journey of growth, teaching, and learning. I am so happy to have you here with me together. recording this freaking podcast oh my gosh it's been way too long and as I look at the clock it's 12 56 for those who follow me on Instagram you would know 56 is my higher self saying like yes listen to me you're doing the thing you're doing great so I will take that as a confirmation that it is time for me to release this podcast and get on here and chat with all of you So I'm surprised that this was not my first episode. That's just not how it flowed. Um, As you know, this is a creative podcast. I just come on here and I talk and I don't edit and this is all just like free flowing. But this is the first time that I really talk about Reiki. So this whole episode is going to be all about Reiki. I did ask Um, If anyone had any questions that will be answered on this podcast, I'm really, really excited. I'm really just going to get down into it and explain what it is, how it works, who can do it, why we do it, all of the good, good, juicy, Reiki things. So for those who do not know, I am a Reiki teacher and also a Reiki master. However, I do truly believe that We are never a master at anything. We can be good at things, but who's really a master? (laughs) There's always room to learn, room to improve, room to ascend into a deeper level of knowing of anything. So I use the word master very loosely, but that is one way that I do define my work. This year I have started teaching the beautiful healing energy that is Reiki, which has been absolutely incredible. I am teaching in 2022. There are already so many beautiful souls stepping forward and into their power through Reiki and oh, it just lights me up and I'm so excited to see it. I also have people who follow me and literally have no idea what Reiki is and that That is where I'm like here. I am here for you. This podcast is for you. Let's dive into it because it is kind of confusing when you have no idea what it is. Many people have heard of it, but they don't really know what it is or what it does. So Reiki at its very core, at its very base is a Japanese relaxation technique. It induces the body and encourages relaxation within it. And while the body is relaxing, that is where we gain the strength, our body gains the strength to then start healing. So it's very easy in that term. And I actually often tell my students to just reference it as that for people who are new to Reiki or, you know, don't have this massive spiritual understanding of Reiki. Um, I usually just say it's a Japanese relaxation technique. We're going to get a little bit deeper than that here, though. It can be broken down, the word Reiki, into two different words. Rei being spiritually guided and Ki is your life force energy. So together, it is your spiritually guided life force energy. Now, Heb, what the heck does that mean? Because that is confusing. 
to me what it means, and this is going to be so different for every Reiki master, to me it means that there is this energy that we can't explain. We cannot explain it. Um, There's some things that we are not meant to know. There's this energy and it comes from source. It comes from God. It comes from the goddess. It comes from the divine. It comes from the universe. Whatever you believe in as a higher power, it comes from them. And this energy is full of healing. It's full of love. It's full of compassion. It's full of just power. It is so powerful and it comes down from this God source space. It comes down and it heals the body. It vibrates so high that it actually helps to eliminate any lower vibrating entities, energies, anything like that, frequencies. It is super powerful. So in itself, it can be so beautifully complicating, but I think that's what gives it its magic. This energy is pure magic and it works. It heals. I have seen with my own two eyes, through my bare hands, the capacity that this energy has to heal is just incredible. Incredible. So I'm going to break it down in both the spiritual side of things as well as the scientific side of things. I teach Reiki this way. I think it helps to get both of the feminine and the masculine, the emotional and the logical mind working together to understand this concept, this energy that is larger than life. So I really like to break it down into both areas. So as I mentioned, we'll talk about the spiritual side. As I mentioned, Reiki originates in Japan. That is where it was founded. Um, That is where we put a name to the energy. Do I think it existed before this creator found it in Japan? Absolutely, I do. But I think we got more of an understanding and that started in Japan. And through respect to my roots, I always, always, always say that originates in Japan. It is a stress-reducing technique. It promotes that relaxation. It helps heal the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, the auric field. When you go to get a Reiki session done, the practitioner will lay hands on your body in some positions and then lay hands in your auric field in other positions. And while they're laying their hands on you, they're allowing this unseen life force energy to flow through them. They are that bridge from the divine through them into you. The practitioner is not the one healing. It's really important to understand that. Um, I do reference myself as a healer. I do this because my own healing encourages others to do their own healing. So I see that as absolutely a healer. It takes a lot to even throw yourself out there and do that. Um, So if you're someone who is very deep into their spiritual journey through their healing, know that you are a healer. Everyone's a healer. They just have to tap in and claim that energy. When that life force energy is low, it can create physical ailments. It can create mental disorders. It can create imbalance within the body. I truly believe that all disease starts within. There is something that your body is screaming at you to pay attention to and we ignore it. So in order to really grab your attention, it creates a bigger problem. 
So that is why Reiki is really about working from the root outwards. It's about, you know, recognizing the root, the situation before it can manifest into something larger. Whenever this life force energy is high, humans, energies, plants, nature, everyone is more capable of living happy, abundant, and healthy, very healthy lives. I do also like to take note that Reiki is 100% safe. It is effective. It is a holistic method of spiritual healing and it improves the body like nothing else. I do Reiki on as young as three years old right now. Um, would I do Reiki on someone who's even pregnant? Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, make sure that you are getting that guidance from a professional. However, I do know and I feel in my body that Reiki is so safe. It is so safe. It is that energy coming from source that is here to heal. Again, it can be viewed as relaxing as a body massage and I encourage that with pregnant women. It's so important to know there has been zero deaths from Reiki. Um, there's nothing to be afraid of. Nothing is going to happen to you to be scared. Often when we start diving into our spiritual journey, there's a lot of things, you know, there's different avenues, different fields, all the different things, and it can be overwhelming. I'm here to remind you and to tell you that Reiki is so safe. There is nothing bad that can happen to you at all. And if there is, come back to me and let me know because I don't think that day will ever come. <laughs> Now, I do like to make a note that while Reiki is spiritual in nature, it is not a religion. It has no dogma. There's nothing that you need to believe in. It does not connect or attach to God or different goddesses or different leaders. It does not recognize anything like that. There's no dogma. You don't need to believe in anything in order to use or receive Reiki. While yes, it is important to note that Reiki is not a religion, it's still really important to live and act in a way that promotes peace and harmony with others and that is a direct channel to my practitioners out there. We still need to act with harmony, especially within our own selves, to promote that to others. Our goal, anyone who is in Reiki, even if you're a level one, is to encourage unity. It's to encourage healing and calmness within. We all know that life is chaotic as hell. You look outside, everything's moving fast. Everyone has to do it all. Pro productivity is how we value ourselves nowadays. No, that is not how Reiki works whatsoever. It actually encourages the opposite. It encourages you to come back home, to come back to your breath, come back to your body, and feel at peace. And again, that harmony, it is so important. I do also like to note that Reiki does not cure you of an ailment, but instead it gets the practitioner or whoever is leading the Reiki session to the root cause in your energetic body. And that is so important. So if you've been having pain in your stomach, if you've been having stomach issues, that energy will guide the practitioner there when they're laying hands and they're going to feel something there. They're trained to do that. They will feel something there and they will make a note and let you know. 
And when that practitioner lets you know, that is how we find the root. That is how you find what is that thing that I can go and heal in order to not have this manifest into something larger. The goal of a Reiki practitioner is to create an environment for the body to heal that ailment, to create that environment for the energy to go in and to heal. That is the practitioner's job. Your body will recognize this and it will, it will work with the energy. Now let's talk a little bit about the sciencey side of things. Um, it's actually, Reiki has and is linked back to known laws of physics and biology. Energy is physics. So when you say you don't believe in spirituality, when you say you don't believe in energy, you're really saying you don't believe in physics. And that's a bold statement to make. Very bold. If that's your truth, amazing. That is amazing for you. That is not my truth. As we know, the human body, it's electric in nature. When you rub your hand really quickly on a blanket, it creates static electricity and we get a shock. We've all experienced that like shock or if we're walking on a carpet carpet with socks on and then we touch something that creates electric shock. That is because electricity flows through us at all times. There are constantly electrical currents flowing throughout us. And this is included in our nerves, our blood, every single organ, every single cell. It's as small as your cell that there is electricity within your body. And while, yes, these currents are relatively weak when compared to electrical currents flowing through your home, it's not going to be the same as when you turn on your light and electricity comes out and you get you get light. That's not going to be how it is in the body, but that's because the electric current flowing through our body is the perfect strength for the human body, and it is necessary for sustaining life. There are many, many, many medical instruments that can show the flow through our body, the current flowing through our body. One that I like to reference often is an electrocardiogram. And this is a medical instrument that's used to measure the electrical activity of the heart space, of the physical heart. And this is a great example because we know that the heart pumps blood to every individual cell within our body. Every single cell. So this tool is a powerful example to prove that we are electric in nature. We are, um, absolutely, absolutely, (laughs) I can't like say it enough. We are electricity, we are energy. There is a law called Ampere's Law, and I might be butchering that. And this law basically states that every cell, every tissue, every organ in the body has its very own electromagnetic field. It has its own aura if you will. This is huge and it's important to know. Each magnetic field has a pulsing, its very own pulsing. When the organ is healthy, it pulses, this magnetic field pulses within a certain range of frequencies. However, when it is unhealthy, it moves out of that healthy frequency. 
So for example, the healthy range for nerve tissue is around 2 hertz. Bone is 7 hertz. Skin and the capillaries within the skin are even higher. The heart, for example as well, creates the strongest magnetic field. It can actually extend to a distance of more than 15 feet. 15 feet away from the body. That goes to show how powerful we are when we are in a space of love and compassion and kindness. And that also explains why, going a little bit off topic, but it explains why when someone enters the room and you aren't looking at them or you're not even speaking to them, but you can just feel that they're cranky. You can feel it. You know the energy. You can feel it. That's likely because they are radiating that through their heart space's magnetic field. You can feel that. As well as the opposite. When someone who is so full of love and happiness walks in the room, they light it up. They light up the entire room with their heart space. And that's why it is so important to heal. It is so important to be in a a space in your life where when you walk in the room, you create that ripple through your happiness, through your heart space. So I think that is so powerful. It goes to show that the heart is incredible. I recommend a book. It's called The Power of Now by Michael A. Singer. It will dive so deep into the heart and what it is truly capable of, how to heal it, what that even looks like. I recommend everyone reads it. It's an incredible book. Let's get back on topic now. Now, the hands of a healer, and I'm saying healer as in someone who has been attuned to Reiki energy. The hands of these Reiki practitioners have been found to produce a strong pulsing electromagnetic field, whereas the hands of non-healers, even though I do truly believe we are all capable of healing, the hands of those who have not been attuned to Reiki aren't as strong. There's no pulsing at all. When a healer treats someone who is sick, the healer's hands begin pulsing at a rate that the unhealthy organs or tissues need in order to be healthy. So the healer's hands can induce the healthy frequency into the unhealthy electromagnetic field of the organ and therefore bringing that organ back to a healthy state, bringing that homeostasis back into the body, that balance. I know it's a lot. <laughs> Those who are more of sciency mind will appreciate that. And I'm still doing so much research into the sciency side because naturally I go towards the spiritual side. I do. I just go, amazing, I don't need to see it, I just need to feel it, and I, that's great for me. But not everyone's mind works that way, so... I like to respect that and I like to throw this out there. And for those who want to look more into laws, um, there's Faraday's law and that's the law of induction, which is just so incredible. It's a phenomenon. I'm not going to talk too much about it here because that's super sciencey, and I'm going to lose you guys <laughs> if I haven't already. So if you want to do more research into it, I definitely recommend looking into that. Now I'm going to walk you through what happens when you get a Reiki session? 
both in person and online because some people don't know what to expect. So in person, you're going to show up likely at a holistic center, someone's home, the practitioner's home, and there's going to be a massage bed set up for you. When you go, you'll likely have to fill out some sort of form that is for liability reasons and also so that the practitioner can get to know you a little bit. What hurts? Where in your body hurts? What emotions are you feeling right now? What do you want to come out of this whole session? And if that's even just relaxing, that is good enough. If you're just showing up because you want to experience it, that is good enough. You don't need to have a big reason, but they likely will ask so that they can make the experience as incredible as possible and make sure you're comfortable. So once you fill all of that out, you get to leave all of your clothes on. It's not like a massage. You get to leave all of your clothes on. And you'll likely lay down face up, so on your back, on the bed. And there will likely be really calming music playing, maybe even some incense going. There will be candles. The lights will be dim in order for you to relax. It'll be such a serene environment, very calming. And from there, you get to rest for an hour. You get to close your eyes, and the practitioner will then lay their hands on certain parts of your bodies and then hover over other parts of your bodies. But when they lay those hands, it's not in a massage type movement. It is just setting them down on the body in that one spot. And when they do this, they're allowing the Reiki to flow through their body into yours. They are the vessel. It is not them doing the healing work. They are just holding the space for you. And that is incredibly powerful. Once that hour goes by, you might even fall asleep. Actually, I'll talk about what you might experience too. So during a Reiki session, common, you know, side effects. I won't even like to say that word. Common phenomenon, because I do think it's amazing. Um, that can happen to you is either really hot, you become really hot, or you become freezing cold. That is the energy. That is normal. Some people get a tightness in their chest. That happened to me the very first time I had a Reiki experience. That is okay. That is the release. Some people cry without even feeling sad. That is also a release. Allow yourself. You're in a safe space. Allow yourself to release. Some people burp. Some people cough. Some people fart. <laughs> That's normal too. It's a human body. All of these things, actually some even have gassy bubbles or stomach starts going crazy. That's normal too. All of these experiences are normal and it's the body releasing energy. The practitioner might even experience some of this <laughs> in order to release for you. It's, a, it's incredible. Incredible. So once all of that passes, I just say go in with an open heart and an even more open mind, have zero expectations, and just know you're well taken care of for that entire hour. And go with a practitioner that you're being called to. Don't just book something to book it. Be intentional. That will create that healing that you're so deeply seeking if you're even here listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this right now, go book a session afterwards. <laughs> I recommend it. After your hour of laying there, the practitioner will wake you up gently if you fell asleep. They'll come you they'll bring you back into the room and they'll chat about things that they found 
throughout your energetic body. You can express what you felt. And then from there, know that you are going to probably have the best sleep of your life. (laughs) The best sleep of your life. And you just took a massive leap in your healing journey with every single session. You're getting deeper and deeper and deeper into it. Now with an online session, this looks different for every practitioner. I'll walk you through mine. So you book online for a time that works for you. And then I'll send you an email with a guided meditation for you to do. But I also tell you that you can be reading, you could be journaling, you could be taking a bath, you can be on a nature walk away from screens. You can be doing anything that sets your soul on fire and relaxes your body. Your This experience is all about calming the nervous system down, bringing you back into balance. So I always recommend doing anything you want. An hour meditation isn't always it for people and that's okay. It doesn't need to be the answer. With that, I then pull some cards. I always start my sessions with some cards and I send them to all of my clients through a PDF. I pull cards to get really deep into their energy right now. What do they need to hear? What is their body holding on to in terms of a message? What needs to be released? And then from there, I read the chakras. I tell you which ones are working at an overactive rate, which ones are working at an underactive rate, which ones are perfectly imbalanced, and we can get deeper into the chakra system in a few episodes from now. I would love to do that. I'm actually going to write that down, (laughs) which actually a lot of Reiki practitioners work with the chakra system. Um, In North America, it's pronounced, I pronounce it chakra. It's actually a Sanskrit word, so it's, it's pronounced chakra, chakra. Um, and even then I'm not fully using the tongue properly, important to know. <laughs> um, but a lot of practitioners do use the chakra system and it's very powerful. I, w- I would love to teach you guys all about it because I think it's really important to know when you're learning about the energetic body. But I go through that system with everyone. So I start from the very top of the head and I work my way down to the feet. And with each chakra, I go in and kind of share what I'm finding, any traumatic imprints, any blocks. I don't even like to call them blocks. I really do like to call them imprints. Block sets that subconscious thought up that we can't get through it. And we can. We can heal that. So we go through the imprints, the pieces of your body that may be holding on to old stories old patterns, old behaviors, and we get really deep in there. I definitely do not hold back in my sessions. Whatever comes through, I know that the practitioner or that the client is ready to hear it. And it always provides so much clarity, so much healing for the client. It is incredible. Incredible. And then from there, I send the PDF. I always recommend after a Reiki session to not to go out and strain your body. So no gym, no partying, no alcohol, no marijuana, no vices, water, lots of water. You may have a headache. That's normal. It's still kind of an effect of the Reiki working. Um, And just think of all of the releasing your body just went through, all of the healing your body just went through, even if it's at, at a very subconscious level. You agreed to show up and heal for yourself. 
That's huge, huge. So always take it easy after. Um, eat your favorite foods. Eat nutritious foods. I think of like the juiciest foods, like just fruit, vegetables, all that good stuff. And spend some time in nature if you're feeling called to after. Go for a very grounding walk. It helps a lot. And again, every practitioner is going to do things differently. Everyone has the unique magic of their own soul performing a session. And that's why I go and I explore different practitioners. I love getting Reiki done. It is so fun to see how people do it differently and know that one practitioner does not do it better than the other. They are simply vessels. So the energy stays the same. It is just how that vessel decides to deliver any messages or guidance. And the energy of that vessel too will make a difference. Um, Some you'll just resonate with more than others. And a true Reiki practitioner, Reiki master, Reiki teacher will never be insulted if you go to them and it just doesn't work out and they want someone else. Know that I will never have any hard feelings if you come to me and then want to go explore another practitioner. I am so open for that. They might pick up on an energy or a message that I didn't. And I think that's important as well. Always go with what feels good to you and good to your intuition. Okay, now I have quite a few questions and I want to get through them. And this episode is already at half an hour. So we are going to get into that. And I'm just so excited that you guys even had questions about Reiki. Like that lights me up. And if there's ever any more after this episode, please let me know. I am here to answer them, here for it. I absolutely love doing this. So the first question was, can one perform Reiki on themselves? Yes, that is the first level. That is level one of Reiki. Level one is all about getting used to having that energy flowing within you and healing the self first. We always need to come back home to our own healing first, and that is what ripples and encourages others to do the same. I always feel like it's such an important place to start is knowing how your own healing feels in order to teach others. You need to go through the process first. So yes, 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 yes. I perform Reiki on myself every freaking day, every day. It has helped me tremendously. It just... My mind works at like a speed that I don't even want to get into and I always have 8 million things on my mind. Reiki has brought me back home to that peace and that calmness within that I so desperately need. It grounds me. I use it whenever I'm feeling a little bit under the weather when my mood is down. It fills me up with source energy. How incredible is that? Like yes, 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 yes. So absolutely one can perform Reiki on themselves and I actually encourage it. I think if everyone in this, on this planet, on Mother Earth, had their level one at the very least, this place would look so different, so different. The radical self-awareness you gain through a Reiki practice is just divine. It's incredible. I have a, not more of a question, just asking for guidance, I guess. Um, And it's tips for beginners. Tips for beginners within Reiki. Reiki is subtle and Reiki is gentle. It's not going to feel overwhelming all of the time. While some sessions, yes, can be overwhelming, it's not always that way. 
So my tip for a beginner within the Reiki field, if you just got your level one, is to do it anyways. Do it all the time. Infuse everything with Reiki. If you're sitting on the toilet, do some Reiki. If you're taking a shower, do some Reiki. If you're journaling, put one hand on the heart and do Reiki. Before you fall asleep at night, put both hands on your heart and do Reiki. Do Reiki on your food. Do Reiki on your water. Set those intentions all of the time. The more that you do it, the more that it will happen unintentionally and just because you're in that habit. I think it's one of the best habits you can get into. Do it all of the time. Another tip is if you're kind of being drawn to it, drawn to Reiki itself, listen to the calling. It is begging you to listen and it's wanting you to receive that attunement in order to heal. So that is a huge tip. It's not always going to make sense, but listen to the calling and it will never steer you wrong ever, 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 ever. My last tip would be, especially when first starting out, um, write everything down. So if you're sitting there doing Reiki on yourself and you get this, this idea that pops into your mind, this channeling, this guidance of sorts, write it down. You're going to thank, your future self is going to thank your present self for writing those things down because you are going to see how you develop. Reiki works like a muscle. You need to exercise it. If you don't, it's not going to go away. It's always going to be there, but you're not going to want to use it as often. It's just going to get a little bit, you know, it's just going to hide in the background, but it's never going to go away. (laughs) It's always there. So know that. Write everything down. Write it all down. Okay, next I had, would love to know more about Reiki for animals. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So as early as your level one, you can be doing Reiki on animals, your pets, all of the sorts. Animals are in tune. They don't have the distractions that we do. They don't have the ego that we do. They don't have that inner voice telling them they're wrong. They are instinctual and they are intuitive because of it. So when it comes to doing Reiki on them, Firstly, creates a connection if it's your pet. It creates a connection unlike anything else. And I have full body goosebumps about this. I just love it. They will also tell you when they've had enough. They will give you a look. They will move away from your hands if you're laying hands on them. They will just try to get away from you. Don't force it. (laughs) Don't ever force it. Um, But they love Reiki. There's an animal that's sick. Doing Reiki on them, oh, it helps them so deeply. As I said, Reiki is so gentle and it can tune in with the body, the energy that it's going towards. Energy, The energy of Reiki will only be there to guide and be there for the highest good of whoever is receiving. So it knows if it's going to an animal exactly what type of healing that that animal needs. I often just do it on Honey, my little black cat, just because she is sassy and I feel like it tones her down. It doesn't. That's not how it works, but (laughs) I like to do Reiki on her and it really helps us with our connection to each other. 
Honey is my best freaking friend and I love her so much. And I swear it's because of all of the Reiki I've done on her in the past three years. <laughs> so much Reiki I've done on her. But yes, doing Reiki on animals is an incredible way to gain even more of a connection. You can also take classes specifically to work with animals. There are some practitioners that only work with animals. And that's it. You learn all about the animal's anatomy. You learn all about their own unique chakra system because they have one too. Every being does. You get to learn how they interact with you through Reiki. Where to kind of check in and see where it's overactive, underactive. There's all of these different things you learn about animal Reiki. And I just... It's on my bucket list. I will learn it one day and whenever I do, I will make a whole podcast episode just about it because I think it is so incredible. And also feel free to do Reiki not on your pets. Whenever I just pat a dog, like a dog comes up to me in the apartment complex and I just like pet it, I'm always setting that intention for Reiki to be flowing because who doesn't love a nice little Reiki pat on the head? (laughs) It draws animals into you. They will come up to you and they will want to love you. So yeah, that's my little tangent on Reiki for animals. (laughs) I have two more questions and they're a little bit deeper, so I want to save them for last. But the next one is, how does one become intuitive with feeling slash sensing chakras or what needs rebalancing? Ah, yes. So I will give as much guidance as I can. However, this is going to be so different for every unique soul that is being the vessel for Reiki. First, you're going to want to know where in your body you feel intuitive. Is it through your clear sentience, your clear cognizance, your clear audience, your clairvoyance? What is it? How do you receive intuitive hits? And if you do not know, I recommend you go and do some research on all the different clairs. I have a feeling like you know, though. You have an idea. With this, you will know when something is overactive, specifically when you place your hands and they just become like burning hot or super tingly to the point where you feel like you need to remove your hands. That is like a huge way to tell where it's like overwhelming. I struggle personally with vertigo and my very first Reiki session, she was doing vertigo, or she was doing Reiki on my vertigo and she didn't know I had vertigo. And she was like, whoa, my hands, I had to like shake them off because the heat was too much in my hands. And I was like, oh my gosh, yep, that makes sense. Um, We're all over in there. (laughs) So makes sense. Um, Now when it's underactive, I always tell my students that the goal is for you to feel a circle of energy flowing. So it's going to come out one hand into the body and then back into your other hands. You wanna feel tingles in both hands. You wanna feel heat in both hands. You wanna feel that flow, almost like there is a ball within your hands. You wanna feel it flowing through both. If you can't feel that in both hands, it might be underactive. Again, this comes with practice. Don't beat yourself up. Reiki works with intention. So the second you say, yep, I want Reiki to flow, it is flowing. Like right now, me sitting here talking about it, I am in a full body sweat. I'm not performing it, but I'm talking about it. So it's flowing through me. That is how powerful this energy is. So even if you're not feeling anything as the vessel, you need to remove the ego part saying it's not working 
and just trust and surrender into the knowing that it is working. It is doing the job for you. You have the easiest part of it. You're just the vessel. You just have to stand there and do the work, set the intention. I really find that a pendulum helps as well. So taking a pendulum and holding it over the chakras, it will move in a way where you know if it's swinging like crazy, it might be overactive. If it's not moving at all, it's likely underactive. Work with a pendulum and see how that feels. Um, I really think that you'll know with your clear how to read the energy. And I know that you have at least your level one, the one who asked this question, and I know you're divine and you have the gift. So I know you're doing the job perfectly. You can also incorporate cards into this. Oracle cards, I have a chakra oracle deck and that helps me a lot. It helps me to channel what they need to hear in that moment. So I definitely encourage, like use the tools. We have all of them to make the job easier. So I hope that helps a little bit. (laughs) Lastly, we have, what was the most emotional Reiki session you've ever been through and how did it impact the rest of your week or day? Oof. Oh yeah, okay. I have two that come to mind. (laughs) Now I doubt that they're listening to this podcast. They are close to me. They are very close to me. I'm like even getting emotional just talking about it. But I'll talk about the woman's experience because hers really hit me in the heart. (laughs) Now, when you become this vessel for people, you will feel their pain. You will feel it deeply. Um, You become a vessel for that person to release. And it's important to have energetic boundaries, of course, but Sometimes it gets so deep and the release is so needing to happen that it happens through your own physical body as the practitioner. And that definitely happened with me in this situation. Um, This person, I already knew her situation going in. I knew who she wanted to connect with. She had lost her husband. And this was her very first session. She's never received anything like this. She's never connected with him like this. This is all brand new. And that on its own can be scary, can be really intimidating. The passing of this man was not, not the greatest. It was quite traumatic for the entire family. And I knew this going in. I set the intention personally that I was to remove all of my attachments aside. This was not about me. It's not never about the practitioner. It's about healing that person. Immediately when I tuned in, I've been working with my mediumship skills and there he was. Her husband is here. He is here. (laughs) But I didn't want to say that in the reading right away because I wanted to make it about her. I didn't want to make it about him. But he is about her. It was about her having him there. She might have set that intention for him to be there. But my own ego had me scared because I know the personal story. I know that she would want to connect with him. So throughout the entire thing, I had tears flowing. I could feel the heaviness of how deeply she missed him. Oh my God. (laughs) She just missed him so much. And there's no words that I could even put in that PDF that would comfort that for her. So I didn't. (laughs) I said what she needed to hear. I supported her as I should. And this whole reading... This whole session was online. So 
a lot of people feel comfortable for their first one being online where they're not face-to-face -face with me. This was all done in a way so that she could feel like she got the answers and the guidance that she needed. And she did. She did. And at the very end of the reading, do you think he let me go without saying something? <laughs> without saying hi? He definitely didn't. He definitely did not. At the very end of the reading, I asked for one last message for her. And I opened it all up. I said, whoever wants to come forward, let's do this. Like, who needs to come forward? Who does she need to hear from? And he did. He made it very loud. He was like, I am coming forward. It's me. And I was like, okay, what do you have to say? <laughs> and this is the part that, like, I sobbed after. I'm, I have tears in my eyes. I, I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. He came through with a tarot card. And this is a powerful tarot card. It was the lovers. <laughs> It was about partnership and unity. And he said, I want her to trust. I want her to know. I want her to surrender to the fact that I love her and I'm right here. And man, I cried. I'm crying right now as I say this. <laughs> because I could feel it. That's the thing with my type of intuition. It's about feeling. So I shared it with her. And she was grateful. That's what she wanted to hear. It's what she needed to hear. She needed to know that he was here all of the time. So I'm glad in that session that I put my ego aside. I said, this isn't about me. It's not about what I think she needs to hear. It's about what she actually needs to hear. And once I was done that session, I cried for 25 minutes straight. <laughs> but not out of sadness. It was never out of sadness. I was sad for the hurt she had felt. But it was about the like... Finally, like I finally feel like I can move on that kind of feeling that she had And that's powerful And that is the true gift of healing That is the true gift about what I do And I will always say yes to anything like that because that is why I'm here The space that I created for her to feel safe for him to come forward and say this is about how much I love you Oh, so powerful I called my sister after and I was sobbing and she's like, you good? And I'm like, no, I'm not good. I will be. <laughs> but it just showed me in that moment how powerful love is. I tried to fight it in that reading. I didn't want it to be about him. And I fought it so much, but it's still love one. And it always will. It's how powerful it is. And I wish I could talk about every single session because... There's truly so much closure in every single session through my channel, through them receiving confirmation for a trauma they went through, through just feeling held for once. That is the gift of Reiki. It creates that space for you to feel held and supported and nurtured. So that session definitely was the most emotional I think that I could think of off the top of my head. I know there's like 25 other ones, but clearly we know how emotional it makes me if I'm over here like I keep wiping my nose because I'm just like a mess now <laughs> in the best way possible the fact that anyone and even if you're listening to this and you've been a client and are a client I want you to know how fucking grateful I am because it is not easy to open up your wounds to me and allow me to hold space while you heal that is not something I take lightly, and I never will take that lightly, ever. That is the power that you have 
that Reiki has. And I've devoted this part of my life, at least, to that energy. And I love it so much. And the fact that I've just talked for this long about Reiki is just goes to show. And I could continue to talk about it for so much longer. But I feel like this is a good amount of time. <laughs> if there are any other questions about Reiki or if you're wanting a session with me, I will put my link in the show notes. So you can reference it if you want to book a session. I will put that in the show notes. It is there. I am here to hold space. I love doing it. Please reach out if you're going through it and you just need someone to hold space not through Reiki session because it's been heavy lately. I am here for it. I would love to. And for those of you who have made it 48 and a half minutes into an episode all about Reiki, I love you. I love you so much. You are the reason I am here. You are the reason that I glow when I talk about this. I love you so much. Okay, with all that being said, we will end it here. I'm so excited for the next episode. It's going to be good. Um, Stay tuned. I'm trying to get into a schedule with my podcasting. However, I've made it a more artistic expression of my voice and my throat chakra. So therefore, I don't want to put too much of a structure into it. But I'm trying to upload once a week now. So we'll see how that goes. Don't hold me do it. (laughs) Have a freaking Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Happy holidays. I love you so much. And thank you for listening. Bye, guys.